0: The Exton Moss Experiment Adventures in Wine and Space with Simon Exton and Ken Moss Episode 64 Doctor Who The Time Monster Hello everyone and a very warm welcome to another edition of the Exton Moss Experiment. I'm Ken Moss.
1: And I'm Diamond Exton.
0: And today we are paying tribute to Dave Prowse, best known to most people as the man inside the Darth Vader suit, but to generations of children as the Greencast Cold man, among other things. Now, in order to pay tribute to the man, we're going to be watching Doctor Who, The Time Monster. As we've done for other people in the past, this is a recording that we made earlier in 2020 that we've decided to repurpose as a tribute.
1: Simon, what do you know of the man? I know he was from the West Country. Um, I know he was... uh professional bodybuilder and the Minotaur and the Time Monster, which is the reason that we're going to repurpose this episode. He was
0: born in Bristol in 1935, and he's recently passed away due to complications from COVID. He's had a very successful career as a bodybuilder and weightlifter, and he's been mates over the years with actors such as Arnold Schwarzenegger, Lou Ferrigno, and he's been in lots and lots of things, largely as really tall characters. The one that I know him from, that leaps to mind, is actually a part in the TV version of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. He was Hot Black Desiato's bodyguard. Oh, was he? Yeah, the restaurant at the end of the universe, that was him. But I do remember an interview on... Again, I know it's not something you're overly keen on. On the Hitchhiker's DVD with the guy inside, Marvin, and he got chatting to Dave Prowse on the set, and he said, you know, why were you cast as the body but not the voice? Dave Prowse just turned around and said, I've no idea.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he did have quite a a somerset accent. He was a a bit of a stalwart at things like comic cons and the cult TV and film conventions, and apparently was an absolutely lovely person to go along to. Having said that, you're turning up to see your fans. You're kind of cutting off your nose if you're not nice to them.
0: True, but we've both been on the fan circuit long enough to recognise that there are certain people who may take stardom a little further than it's necessary to take it.
1: Um, and for some of them, stardom in big inverted commas. Um, my experience from helping run a Doctor Who convention was that the star fans were an awful lot more entitled than the actual big names. Yes. And everybody you hear talking about Dave Prowse and going back to to before he died, because everybody says lovely things about people when they die. But people have always said very nice things about him and how lovely a man he was. Mm.
0: But without further ado, we shall hand over to our younger selves for Doctor Who, the Time Monster. Take it away, guys. This I have uh, sort of reasonably fond memories of, actually. Um, I've always quite liked the Time Monster. Yeah, I've not seen it for a long time. It's probably about 20 years since I've seen this. But I remember it being... I remember some quite good effects in it, actually.
1: Kronos, I think... I've always thought Kronos looked fantastic. I've always, in my head, it's always been four episodes, but it's actually six, isn't it? It is six. My recollection is that the middle is quite slow, and it does take them a long time to get to Atlantis. I can't
0: remember, if I'm honest. So, as ever with, with Doctor Who, we are going to do uh, commentaries on the first and last episodes and a précis of the in-between bits. In the meantime, before we start, of course, we have to get the tonic screwdriver out, whip the top of a bottle of gin, and see what it's like. What's our bottle for tonight?
1: Um, We are tonight looking at Stone's 1740 gin, um, which is an extraordinary gingerable gin from Stone's top-notch producers of all things ginger for almost 300 years. It has... Ginger, juniper, lemongrass, lemon, black pepper, capsicum, and cassia.
0: Now that is an odd bod gin. That tastes like no. Christ almighty. Oh do you know what that reminds me of? Oh,
1: that that that's
0: that that's odd. Um, it tastes like Escape by Calvin Klein.
1: How often do you drink that?
0: I don't, but that's how it smells. That's interesting. It smells
1: like TCP?
0: No! It smells like a sort of Stone's ginger wine, ginger ale. You taste it, it smells like Calvin Klein. That's bizarre. I suppose if you've never worn it, you wouldn't know, but
1: no, I'm more Armani.
0: Yeah, my favourite at the moment is Armani Code. Oh,
1: no, I love Armani Code. Yes. Now, I, That's my So it's go-to. to give a segue, but I, I did a perfumery course when I was at medical school. I did not know this. Because prior to that, I was Antaeus. My very first aftershave was Body Shop's Basic Sandalwood, which they stopped doing years and years and years ago.
0: Really? You can't get that anymore? No.
1: Oh. I haven't been able to get that for years. And then after that, I went to Antaeus. And I was completely happy with Antaeus. I absolutely loved it. And then I did this perfumery course and realised that there are lots and lots of other marvellous things, particularly the Armani ones. So Attitude, Mania, Code, Aqua Digio, all of those are lovely. And now Hugo Boss Black and... Prada Extreme are ones that I really like as well. But it, it's all down to the fact that my medical school put me through a perfumery course. So now that we've established that you and I are well deodorised, what do we think of a gin? Mm-hmm. It's odd. I like it. It's not something I would gravitate to, towards. I suspect this is what a very cheap gin with ginger ale would taste like. I'm hovering around the two
0: mark, actually. It's not bad... It's just not something I would willingly
1: go for again. Yeah, Uh, I'm... I'm, I think that that might be a bit disingenuous, so it's not I'm three on this, because I am enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, It's just, it's not really gin. No. Three would be
0: more generous to it, because it is not a bad drink, it's just not really a a gin. You wouldn't have that in a bar. Well, not twice. No. Three a piece. Yeah, that sounds fair. So gingerly grab your glass and we will descend into the bowels of Podcasting House and open the archive door. Here we are in the Black Archive, surrounded by racks and racks of shelving, filled to the brim with lost television and film. What are we rescuing this week?
1: Well, we do seem to have found Spaff finding himself a home here, don't we?
0: His little legs have worked their way down. Hello, Spaff. This
1: strange species has developed some kind of civilization. I think he probably got pissed on the gin and just fell down the stairs frankly it
0: could be well he was enjoying his crisps earlier but he's uh, he's joined his uh oh if you're going to be like that about it fine no problem we'll crack
1: on um, so he's been on the gin as well abuse What I would like to bring out to the Black Archive is something that I remember watching and loving as a a teenager. And most of it still survives, but there are some of the earlier episodes that don't. And that's the adventure game, which was a very odd... Yeah. Yeah, we didn't see a a, a particularly good or representative episode, but it's kind of a a proto-crystal maze where they get celebrities and to modern audience, it's celebrities in an escape room. With people in dragon costumes, it's every bit as bizarre as it sounds and incredibly entertaining. Is that the only one that you've seen? The one that we yeah, we it did? is. Yeah, yeah. We didn't see the best episode because basically it was a whole lot of people had had no clue what they were doing and they they just had to be walked through the the thing with just some very odd random stuff in the middle. So we'll we'll do adventure game stuff in another episode and some more entertaining episodes of it. But I would like to see that back from the Black Archive. I
0: have actually come across a really random thing online. Two episodes of Sesame Street, which are lost. The majority of Sesame Street does exist. They've archived it extremely well, right back to the beginning.
1: American TV tends to be better at
0: They are a lot better than we are. But there are two particular episodes, although one sticks out. This is the one that I want. The Wicked Witch of the West and Snuffy's Parents Get a Divorce. The Wicked Witch of the West was an episode where Margaret Hamilton reprised her role as the Wicked Witch of the West. And apparently it went out and it was so good (laughs) that armies of parents complained that they'd scared the kids to death. So it was wiped. Although the other episode of Sesame Street, Snuffy's Parents Get a Divorce, according to this has the distinction of never having been broadcast. It traumatized an audience of test a test audience of children, depicting the marriage breakdown of Mr. Because his parents. Unfortunately, whilst the episode was designed to teach kids important lessons about how divorce does and doesn't affect parents and their children, it soon transpired that many young viewers came away with completely the wrong idea. So it was wiped. So I will go for Sesame Street. It's uh, Across the Pond, which we don't usually do, but that really, that amused the fuck out of me. Yeah,
1: and actually, Sesame Street was very good at doing serious topics in a kid-friendly yeah. way. At some point, there was one of the regular characters who died, and they didn't shy away from it, and they, mm. they made it a um, whole education point. So, yeah, good choice.
0: There is, just on the subject of Sesame Street while we're on it, recently, in 2019, there was um. One of the... I think it was one of the puppeteers or something... uh, Or the voice artists, has said that they based Bert and Ernie... On a gay relationship he had had in the past... And therefore Bert and Ernie were gay... And it was categorically denied by the Sesame Street producers shortly afterwards, not before causing a storm. But I'm quite, in that particular instance, I'm quite glad that they categorically denied that the characters were gay just because they shared a bedroom with this and the other. It's a kiddies program. And I don't think any sort of, between two characters, any sort of relationship should be brought into it when they're clearly just trying to be best mates, or you've know, got even a boy and a girl character. These are kiddies characters. They they shouldn't have some sort of sexual relationship going on when they're trying to be entertaining for kiddies. So I'm sort of glad about that.
1: And also it dates back to a different time, and when Eric and Ernie could share a bed bed together. But nobody ever questioned it. It was
0: just a comedy show. It wasn't I, I'm, I have never ever once seen a comment about Eric Mork and Ernie sharing a bed on the sketches on Tully and it being uh, some sort of hidden context that it was just Eric and Ernie. Nobody, or, or Bungle, George, and Zippy sharing a bed. The odd bit about that being that Bungle put some clothes on to go to bed but was starting naked the rest <laughs> of the time. <laughs> uh, but Sesame Street, I've got very fond memories of from when I was a kid and it was around 20 years before I was growing up so yeah a, a great series really so here we are back in the viewing room Spaff is next to us Spaff have you got your crisps
1: he's not
0: he's on jelly beans
1: he's got jelly beans he's, he's got, got jelly beans where are my jelly beans the jelly beans about the size of his head It's not stopping chopping them though is it no, you Southerners are so angry right anyway uh, i like some jelly beans, but he's troughed It's He's troughed off. a lot. You need to start locking the cupboard.
0: Whose idea was it to let a Silurian free range in the house? I don't remember. So here we are. Uh, Time Monster episode one from...
1: I would have said 72, because it, it wasn't the... 71 was the master series. and I know this is a master episode, but...
0: It was. It was, it was 1972. Couldn't... This is a, a serial that you're not in, Spaff. Episode one, we'll do a full commentary on this, a bit of a digest on two to five, and then a full commentary on episode six. Ron VT.
1: I, I love these old title sequences. I don't really remember them um, only very vaguely because by the time I was watching it was the um, the Time Vortex sequence. These are the opening credits from Inferno, surely. They do look like it, yes. Welcome to your new master. <laughs> they're all very odd camera angles and work very well. It has very bouffant isn't it? Well,
0: um, in the John Nathan Turner memoirs it's Explained that he wouldn't, he refused to give up any of his tea break to have his hair coiffured. Oh, I do remember this. He doesn't drink the cup of tea. Joe's just given him a cup of tea and he turns around. And he's supposed to have necked it, but in the next shot, he's clearly a full cup. Like... She was very pretty, she was stunningly gorgeous. Many an adolescent fantasy, let's put it that way. This was before the Dalek shot in Playboy or whatever the hell it was.
1: No, because that was after she left, wasn't
0: it? Yeah. It's fully understandable why she... I mean, look at... Oh, good grief. Whoa, a gratuitous Sharon Stone leg cross there. Not quite as graphic. I can but hope.
1: And another one of the, the Master's ridiculous schemes, which is there is this phenomenally powerful thing. I will summon it. In 1971. No cl- plan whatsoever what to do once he summoned it. Sorry, Prof. Simmer down stew, Simmer down stew. And there's no need for you to be so patronising, Professor. I really like Ruth as a character because a lot of people say she's, she's a sort of... Ice queen. OTT feminist. She isn't. She's competent and self, uh, and self-confident. But she's got a really good sense of, And she's got a cracking relationship with Stuart. And they joke away with each other. I'm not seeing and any of the rampant feminism
0: no, that we the, see nowadays, actually. The, the feminism we see nowadays, actually, is just anti-male. It's not, listen to me, I am worth my salt, please. Don't call me darling. But uh, we've
1: always said that in science fiction series, there, there's always been good, solid, yes. competent... Capable female characters, right the way back to Judith Caroon in Quaker Mass Experiment. Yeah, but without ramming it down your throat, they've just been there. And Ruth is a competent professional scientist who dresses presumably fashionably at the time, so it's not that she's dungarees or anything. Um, it's not that she's. It's quite interesting in that how many people actually effectively stand up to the master. Mm. So, Most people, it's that? the, I'm the master, you will obey me. Oh, yeah, okay. Ruth and then, argues back.
0: I know, but with all this talk of feminism, all I can think of in this current scene is how I would to bang Joe like a little I toe to on a coffee table. She's beautiful. Just You're just probably around. more looking at Fisher. Right? Is, <laughs> is that masculinist. Terribly sorry, old boy.
1: Fuck all the way off. And when you get and there, then fuck off a bit more. <laughs> completely ignoring the fact that he's a creepy twat. I can in theory see what you mean about Joe. It's like you talking about Tommy. Uh, Tomney. I can I can
0: see why this pretty young lad would be Tom- extremely.
1: I mean Tomney isn't so a pretty young lad. Really? He looks quite young and Abominable Snowman. Not young young twenties is young compared with us. Uh, there are tectonic plates that are young compared to us.
0: <laughs> this oh, now, I, I remember this. This is a wonderful scene. That I
1: am as gullible as that drunkard I have replaced. How is it that I can find no trace of your academic career before you visited Athens University,
0: Professor?
1: This is exactly what I was talking about. He is challenging the, the master and folds like a house of cards the moment the master turns the fluence on mm. Ruth doesn't. The, the fluence. <laughs> that
0: is a cockney term. I love that.
1: I have no idea. Where that, with my family having come from all over the country, I have no idea where little bits of things that I say come from. You see, three seconds... Yeah. And he's the master's bit John Ruth Basically turned the fuck off In terms of, <laughs> in, in terms of Guest characters I, I, I think Ruth is about My favourite on this Because she, She's a really Well rounded character In the way that An awful lot of Doctor Who Secondary characters Just aren't
0: Oh, Stuart,
1: Stuart's right. there for comedy and by the time you get to, the, to all the Atlanteans, they're cartoon characters. Hmm. What in the name of hell? There are times when the BBC prop department for Doctor Who were clearly smoking several somethings. And nobody picked up on this. do then? It's possibly one of those things where it just turns up on set. And there you go, there's your prop. A bit like Alpha Centauri. Well, oh, Joe, oh, Joe what, what do we do with this?
0: Well, that's one way of looking at it, yeah. Oh, oh dear god. It's even got a red bulb at the end. <laughs> I feel like a back end of a pantomime horse. Are you willing to take the risk? No. Well
1: stop beating and get on with it. Notice a distinct lack of anti radiation gloves and letting the crotch wide open. Yep. And if there's any bit of you that you don't want blasting with radiation, it's probably in there. <laughs> <coughs> exactly. <laughs> well, she's oh, made that reaction. Oh.
0: Can you imagine the Tardis sniffer-outer, shaped like a cock and balls, coming to life when it's in Katie Manning's hands? She's staring at it open-mouthed. Oh, they're larger than ours. The prop was powered by its own batteries, hence its
1: size. See, this, is, this is a nice effect. They, um, the vase thing. Again, this is using the audio nicely. And they the clock chiming
0: is distorted because of the time experiment yeah well
1: the the video is cleaned up really nicely yeah. isn't it I even look at the uh, the pattern on her her blouse mm. and takes off the radiation before helmet. he leaves the room mm. and then the door just flies open
0: the safety procedures mm. ba, 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 ba. we've done it and bitch slap right, right, yeah we'll just drive around for a hundred mile radius no. oh, waving a
1: giant no. metal cock no. Why did you permit? <laughs> that's not going to cause no. in no. <laughs> no. Stuart is
0: played by Ian Collier who was the second Omega I did not know that
1: and I'm prepared to justify my actions at the highest level, Professor. But please, Doctor, accept You see, advice. how many people stand up to the mm. Master like that? And lie, he calls her Doctor. Call Most women scientists at this time get called Miss. Liz Shaw was always Miss Shaw, yeah, not sure Dr. Well, Shaw. That's true. Now the association of the military with killing with, with violence. Please, bear. He is marvellous. is. is.
0: The only master that beats him for me is Derek Jacobi.
1: But with such a short time on Doctor Who... I'm giving him a a little bit of an extended leash because of the audios. And he he is superb in the audios, but going by proper Doctor Who... Delgado and Gomez. I love Missy as a character. As a character, yes, as the
0: master... No... I've covered this ground before. I... I don't know... Oh, that's oh, a ridiculous God. prop.
1: It's
0: working again. They must have. Somebody on the set must have seen it look like a huge cock and
1: balls. Yeah, uh, but presumably when they were making the thing, yeah, what but, can we get away with? And, uh, the and then when they start filming, we'll just oh there you go.
0: The main machine's called Tom Tit. Tom, Tom T- Tit, you say, Jack Cock. Tom
1: Tit. Hang on tight to my cock. But you know, ten years after this, we've got the master and the waving a black dildo around.
0: It's a tissue compression eliminator. Why is it buzzing? A a colossal stippled dildo with a glowing
1: red end. It's not really colossal. We can do Google searches later. It's alright, it'll be on your search history. Having said that, I've got worse things on my search (laughs) history. (laughs) No, no, let's not have a search history off. No, let's not. I I dread to
0: think, frankly. I've led a good life. He was in K9 and Company. Norman Kelly, I think.
1: Oh, the mutant.
0: <laughs> oh, <good laughs> It's... Oh, really? The bloody... <laughs> Joe wearing that ridiculously short miniskirt. And the a colossal, being colossal rotating cock between her legs. <laughs>
1: That personal. That's quite a good cliff, um, cliffhanger. Do
0: you think? It was, that what whole episode I was entertained by, it because it, it set up a lot of...
1: You it, Well, you were laugh, laughing at the cock machine a lot yeah. of the
0: time. Yes, weren't we?
1: colossal <laughs>
0: <laughs> rotating... Glowing red ended cock machine. Yeah, funny that. Tom Tit? Yes, Tom Tit. Hmm, Tom Tit.
1: How many times can we say the word Tit? Tit. Tit. (laughs) Well, goodness me, Mr. Chumley Warner. (laughs) Is that the kind of language we expect on the BBC? We're going to watch the next four episodes.
0: Oh, the next four. Goodness
1: me. Yeah, it is a six parter.
0: Okay, we have just finished episode five,
1: and I'd never realised before. Virtually nothing happens. I've always quite liked the Time Monster. Basically, we, we leave the, or we stick with the Research Institute for a while. Um, a while? Three episodes. Stuart gets aged. Benson ends up as a baby. A baby. Ruth looks after them both. Uh, Doctor builds some weird, bollocksy sculpture. ...thing from crap Stewart's oh, flat... That, forks and corks... Yeah, and that, things, that, yeah, that's fairly ridiculous... ...and it's all supposed to hang off one tiny little needle... ...which would have bent and snapped under half the weight... ...the master... ...it's kind of fairly ineffectual to be honest... It is a lot
0: of shouting about Kronos... ...and summoning Kronos... ...but it never happens...
1: Yeah, and it teleports in a priest from Atlantis... Who ends up just a little bit shell-shocked and, and... baffled and... Kind of wandering around like Katerina does. And wanting to get home. Yeah, which isn't unreasonable. They all kind of decamp to, to Atlantis. The, 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 the Doctor and Joe go by TARDIS and the Master goes by his TARDIS. And we meet the Atlanteans and... Oh, and Ingrid Pitt. Ingrid Pitt, who's almost in an Atlantean costume.
0: She's... Doing her best to remain within it. I
1: would have thought she's doing her best to escape from it with the. A... Well, parts of her eye. Yeah. Excellent. There's her. There's her husband, who's the the king of Atlantis. There's her maidservant, and there's a, a courtier who is fawning over her mm. um, with some really quite dramatic makeup.
0: That irritated his eyes, according to the production
1: notes. Probably just means she hasn't put eyeliner on properly. <laughs> doesn't
0: how to blend properly.
1: Oh no, different skills.
0: <laughs> <laughs> For all the fact that I've just said nothing happens, I've not been bored by that.
1: No, it's a fun story. It doesn't have a good reputation. And again, it's one where if you watch it an episode at a time or two episodes at a time, the way that it was originally intended to be watched, you don't get bored. With a lot of these 60s and 70s six-parters, if you watch them as one big wadge of six-part Doctor Who, then, yeah, it's going to be repetitive because it was supposed to be meant to be watched over six weeks instead of over one evening.
0: Well, it's worth getting to episode five for Ingrid Pitt's breasts, which are... That's the most overtly sexual thing I've ever seen in classic Doctor Who. Zoe's um, yeah. so cat suit? Perry Brown in Planet of Fire. Many, many happy adolescent moments.
1: A little more detail than anybody needs. Oh, come on. We've all been there, unless you're not.
0: No, I um, haven't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, no, I've got to give a shout out to the TARDIS set, actually. It's the only time it appears is the, what's referred to commonly as the washing up bowl TARDIS set, where yeah. the roundels are sort of...
1: Indented. Yeah. I actually
0: quite like it. But apparently, it was, uh, Barry Letts wasn't keen, and in between this and the subsequent story, it was damaged. So that was the end of that.
1: Yeah. But I quite like it. I'm I'm not keen, frankly. I I really like the original set. We've we've just had Joe Martin's TARDIS, which is kind of the the original set ish, and it just looks wonderful. It does, yeah. Photos, absolutely wonderful. And the um, see nothing for me. The, the is David pointed.
0: Bradley, the David Bradley TARDIS. Beautiful. That's my second favourite titus. My first, all-time number one titus is McGanns, by a long way. Um, But I don't think really you can get away from the original... Well, obviously, the the David Bradley... The original titus, sir.
1: Bukaki, Bukaki.
0: You damn you, sir. You've (laughs) legged me up. Damn it. (laughs) (coughs) Anyway... The David yes. Bradley said, it track set new from away from t-
1: Bukaki in the turret." A got
0: God, I walked right that one. You did. Bye, Thunder sir. Let us play episode six and enjoy it. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, so let's enjoy the climax. Rash 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 about the destruction, the destruction, of, the destruction of Atlantis. Oh, yeah, at the, at the end of the final episode, Katie Manning's just... Oh, yeah, Joe Grant's just been chucked into the, uh, the labyrinth on Atlantis.
0: And presumably menaced by something, although the closing credits wow. gave it away. as the Minotaur, yes. It's going to be another furry, isn't it? Played by Dave Prowse of Darth Vader fame.
1: The sets are quite good. The sets look fantastic. Why are their torches still lit? Oh, dear. Oh, uh,
0: my. That's not great. Mm. A man with a bull's mask on.
1: I mean, it is a fantastic looking set.
0: The Minotaur uh, less so.
1: No, actually, the Minotaur is a pretty good rendition of what the Minotaur is supposed to look like. I mean, OK, it's very obviously a plastic mask, He's the world's shittest guard, really, isn't he? That costume's covering him admirably. And here we have a, a bullfighting sequence, which is... Poor. Is. He saved my life. I'm
0: afraid he's dead, Joe.
1: How does he know? It's like crystal of Kronos. Because all he saw was that he disappeared through the, the, yeah. through that broken mirror. He could be lying in little stabbed pieces badly scratched. But no, he's dead. It is a really nice set. That's quite a horrible wig they've given it to wear. Delgado just gloat wonderfully well.
0: Paul Bernard cast Ingrid Pitt to play Galea for the regal qualities she would bring to the role. Both of them. Both of them. Ingrid herself,
1: however, believes she had been cast for her physical attributes. Surely not. Since so the script described her as beautiful and sexy, it's possibly not an unreasonable assumption.
0: Only 11 years later, she was in Warriors of the Deep, looking 22 years older.
1: And actually, again, the two people who, apart from the doctor, stand up to the master in this are two of the women. Mm. So, Ruth and Galea. What happens if the master wins? Oh, is this. Daisy is Daisy. I felt like that once when I was young. It was the blackest day of my life. What do you mean? Well, when I was a little boy, we used to live in a house that was perched halfway up the top of the mountain. It's, it's not often that the classic no, series addressed his, his time and Gallifrey. Man, but, well, no, but got to do these these sort of bits of fluffy exposition. No, the truth of life. Well, the tree the old man sat on, that was ancient and twisted but the old man himself. It was as brittle and dry as a leaf in the autumn. Is that he old hermit supposed to be Choji I think he so. weeds suddenly I saw through his eyes. The were deeper and richer than anything you could possibly imagine so, it was the daisy I'd ever seen. so this was a an add- in scene yes, I too,
0: right?
1: I the, daisiest the daisy. Got up. yeah, but it's great,, it right is. oh, yeah, Talks about Choji being the. The the hermit.
0: Is this true? Is the Lord Dalios your king? No
1: longer alive. It's a bit late for her to be worried about it.
0: Was man. Well, yes, considering she's been flattering the hell out of some swarthy. Suavey... Stop it! I
1: don't want to you. See, I really like the Kronos effect. For a very small set, which it is what it realistically is. It looks great. It does. And the only one left alive is Galea. And he doesn't... The Doctor doesn't think about her for a second. She's just released him. And it's no thought about rescuing him. None whatsoever. But Pertwee's Doctor was sometimes a bit of a selfish (laughs) git. Why does the Master have handcuffs built into his toes? I'm not rightly sure. (laughs) That creature...
0: Right,
1: Paul, so late, yes that's not actually control <laughs> has to have a similar delusion with Azal yes, and the demons he did come up with a load of really shit plans see now we've moved away from Atlantis and I, I quite like the Atlantis stuff the but now we've moved away from Atlantis I, I really like these TARDIS sequences oh the TARDIS between the
0: that. master interplay between the master and the doctor are great Bloody Although it is a little bit
1: logopolis in terms of the going from one TARDIS to the next. Oh, the time
0: ram, yeah. Landing a TARDIS within a TARDIS within a TARDIS.
1: TARDIS. I quite like the way that they build the um, TARDIS scanner into one of the roundels rather than having it as a telly thing. Well, okay, it looks a bit CSO-ish about around the edge, but that's not unreasonable with a... Not at all. Look, Doctor, you want to stop me? You see, this is getting quite cliffhanger, he is entertaining and ranty, and is that the original console painted because it's uh, no I
0: don't no it isn't it was
1: rebuilt for I can't remember what but presumably still the black and white era and actually I quite like that sequence where she her costume kind of fades, fades into the background around. because it makes it look Ethereum And otherworldly and all a bit weird Greetings Your courtesy is always so come to you You know me? Oh And she had time to put glittery makeup on Right, Joe We're about to land back in Cambridge 30 And they've just forgotten about lab coats It's the fact that they automatically assume that it must be alien and, and are but compared to all the other <laughs> stuff that she works mm. why aren't you flashing your ass as you normally do
0: exactly what's here. so the cliffhanger to episode 6 is John Levine in a massive nappy
1: well.
0: off screen
1: but there a little bit scary. More could be worse, it could be fish eye. Yeah. We actually <laughs> like jaws. Need it, in it. Yeah, I think the music. There's
0: nothing, there's no music that's scary.
1: Oh, God, no! No, get away from me! I'm being fished to death! I don't think that was necessary, Speff. So. Time Monster. What did you think? I really quite enjoyed I, that.
0: No, it really picked up uh, um, in the in the last sort of episode and a half. It took a lot of getting there, but yeah. I I think it was worth it. Actually,
1: it would make a really cracking, entertaining four part. Yes, and. There's some great characters in it.
0: Well, for all her mounds, um, Ingrid Pitt did actually put in a good performance as Galea. Yeah,
1: and and Ruth, I think, is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Stuart is a bit comedy, but there's no harm in comedy. The unit team are basically there to get caught up in time and do nothing else. Uh, And Mike Yates has a variety of all sorts of weapons thrown at him, none of which actually hit. I don't want to say it's a bit meh, because it's a good story.
0: It's just... Had it out for three episodes far too long.
1: Yeah. There are some bits of it that look fantastic. I've always really liked the look of Kronos. The Minotaur's lair looks brilliant. Mm. Uh, The rest of them look good but are a bit small. (coughs) That's particularly obvious in the Kronos massacre thing at the end. And
0: also the balcony thing with Atlantis in the background. I know, I'm doing the whole, hello. You have to suspend your imagination for that and pretend that it really is Atlantis. Drifting off into the different... With arm movements, obviously.
1: (laughs) The final TARDIS sequence, the sort of final half episode, I really,
0: really liked. But those TARDIS scenes with Delgado and Pursuit, they very much work. Yeah. It's a bit Curse of the Fatal Death, but that's why it worked in that.
1: And the the Master's plans, and this isn't just limited to Delgado, but in general, the Master's plans are a bit shit. (laughs) (laughs) With, With this one, it's, I will summon Kronos. I have summoned Kronos. Not sure what to do now. <laughs> we'll just wander around and let him destroy something. Come, Kronos, come! Um, there you are. Oh, hello. Hello. Um, um, would you make me rule the universe, please? No. Come right. fix it um, for me. I've got a letter here. What
0: says? Dear Kronos, <laughs> please, could you fix it for me to rule the universe with you? Well, no, I can't. But I can. Give you Ingrid Pitt. Well that do <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> From your side of the sofa, probably not. But Ingrid Pitt only twelve years later. Yeah. Kicking a murker. Not looking quite so galaic.
1: Protuberant. Good word. So grown up. there's not, not an awful lot about the time that <laughs> you can say is actually grown up. On oh,
0: no. um, A colossal dick extension. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, God, they must be embarrassing. Seen, Tom seen Tit. Tom play. Tit? Yes, Tom and, Tit. The tit, you say? Tit.
0: Hmm. The tit chamber. It's so <laughs> childish on so many levels. The production team sneaked in so many...
1: It was massive.
0: The, the, between the dildometer and Galea's tit. <laughs> the
1: dildometer.
0: <laughs> it's a bit of an insurance write off the time monster. It's like two different stories welded together. Because by the time you get to Atlantis, it's a totally different... But
1: an awful lot of 1970s stories were like that, Mm. and you had... A four-part story with a, a, two a, part a vaguely story, connected yeah. two-part story tacked on, or the end of the story somewhere else for, mm. for two parts. And that was the consequence of doing fortnightly recording sessions mm. where you'd record two episodes at the same time, or two episodes in
0: parallel. I enjoyed it, though. Yeah, I, I shouldn't have enjoyed it. I should have ripped the piss out of that and been bored to tears by it, but I wasn't.
1: And in the, in the final sequence... Episode 6 will cut down to almost nothing because we were just... Transfixed. ...completely focused on watching it.
0: I think a lot of these early 70s stories, a lot of the entertainment value stems from Pertwee and Delgado. Yeah. You minus that out of it, all of a sudden the stories fall a bit flat. Look at Frontier in Space. Mm -hmm. Now, I I really like Frontier in Space. I always Mm -hmm. have done. And Delgado's is a sort of peripheral character.
1: It's a dreadful shame that was his last story.
0: (laughs) Bit of an anticlimax... Because it
1: doesn't do an awful lot in it.
0: You follow that up with Planet of the Daleks. should be a real rip-roaring story. And I do love Planet of the Daleks, but we've seen it twice before from Terranation, at least. And without Delgado, it's a little bit flatter than the story that's led into it. I I believe that the final story that was due to feature Roger Delgado was called The Final Game. And, of course, he he died. He was driven over a cliff in a taxi before he got to film it. But it would have been... And it
1: was him as the Doctor's brother. Yeah, and and all that. Somebody has actually done
0: an audio version of the final game. And I believe it's really quite good.
1: It's only a matter of time before Big Finish do it. Argue with me on that. Bearing in mind they've just recast Katarina. They
0: haven't done The Dark Dimension.
1: Yet. And, actually, why haven't they?
0: I don't know. Maybe because the author's... (sighs) You heard it here second. Who was the author? Adrian Rigglesford. Oh, right, okay. So this is the point really where we need to decide what the drag queen index is for the time monster. I am Persian. Name your price. Now, this is over to you. This is your department. I'm guessing purely for Galea's mammaries, it's going to be quite high.
1: Well, not just those. They're they're she <laughs> She oh, has yes. the coal on the
0: eyes for um, the Atlanteans. They've got coal on their eyes. I yes,
1: yeah, which is all based around the murals that were found at the Temple of Knossos on Crete, which is where the Minotaur was supposed to mm. be. Hmm. Yeah, that just looks a bit rubbish, to be perfectly perfectly honest. Galea, on the other hand, incredibly elaborate wig. Yes, superb resting bitch face at times tight-fitting flouncy overblown overblown femininity dress this has got big ticks in all the drag queen boxes so this is purely for her a five out of five right
0: so superb breasting bitch face and big ticks yes yeah, you've summed up very nice there
1: so will we fire up the randomizer <laughs> Surprise me. Space Museum.
0: Oh, okay.
1: We haven't done a Hartnell yet, have we? Anyway, the randomizer has landed in the Space Museum. That's what we'll be doing next. One astoundingly good episode, three episodes that could be condensed into one. I've been in the Space Museum since
0: 1997. And I do remember the first episode being really, really good.
1: Yeah, it's an absolute standout. And then the next is two episodes of Running About and an okay final episode. We shall
0: look forward to that as our next classic Who. We will. So thank you very much, boys and girls. I hope you have enjoyed our... Uh, somewhat sporadic commentary, actually. We got far too engrossed in that, yes, again.
1: We will see you for the, for the next episode. We tend to intersperse who and not who, so it will be something weird and old. That covers both of this, really, doesn't it?
0: Admirable. <laughs> Thanks for listening, boys and girls. See you soon. Bye now. The Exton Moss Experiment featured Simon Exton and Ken Moss. All featured television soundtracks are the property of their respective producers, and no infringement of copyright is intended. The programme was recorded in Rishton, Lancashire, and produced by Maverick Productions. For more information, please visit our website at extonmosexperiment.blogspot.com or find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram.